joy over anxiety has been our topic for the last two episodes. We're going to wrap up this portion of our series on anxiety and mental health issues today as we look at some of the spiritual implications and strategies, the consequences, and what Scripture just simply says about dealing with worry and fretting and anxiety and depression and these other things. We've looked at the biology of anxiety. Uh, We've looked at some of the ways that we can just use common sense activities and behaviors uh, before we jump to the pill bottle. And today we want to delve a little deeper into the Word of God as well as we consider these topics. My name is Dan. I'm with Ben. We're the teaching pastors at Life Fellowship in Metro Charlotte. And Ben, this has been so helpful. It's Mm. been such a great opportunity for us. I hope that we're whetting people's appetites so that they learn and try and experiment and just don't take the easy route, but take the right route on these things. Right. Yeah. And, and, um, I, I, I'm glad we were able to talk about these kinds of issues because so many times what we, we just don't know. And as I was, the more I kept reading and studying about this, the more I kept saying, man, God's word is true. God's word is true. And when I, when, when I started realizing that, I mean, I always knew that, but it always help, it's always helpful because you know we live in a world where people are trying to say, no, the, the Bible has been proven untrue, or, or the Bible's not applicable to this area of my life. And I, I've just, I've never be, been more confident of God's word being the answer that we need. And so, um, you know, I want to go back to one of the things I said a couple episodes ago about the competing worldviews between psychology and God. And I, I we spent a lot of, uh, some time on the, what's wrong with the psychological worldview, but I want to, I want to talk about the, the, the biblical worldview that talks about how we need to see ourselves. And so there, there's a couple things that I, I want us to, to, to respond to. And, and, the fir- and the first thing is this, we need to believe that change is possible because of the story of scripture. And so what I mean by that is when you look at what the Bible says about the story of mankind, you see four major acts in the play that God tells us about. There's creation, fall, redemption, and new creation. And, and so if we if we fail to live in that reality, that's, that's the biblical worldview, creation, fall, redemption, new creation. If we don't allow that to be the, the forming worldview that we take for ourselves, we are going to get really confused because he, here's what happens. If I know that, okay, God created all things good, all things beautiful, all things to work in harmony with one another, God with man, man with man, man with himself, man with creation. But we also know that the fall happened and it created disharmony and fracturedness between all four of those directions of how we relate. How I relate to God has been broken. How I relate to other people has been broken. How I relate to myself has been broken. How I relate to creation has been broken by sin. And yet that's why Jesus came to redeem us to save us, to rescue us from that fall and to restore us into a right relationship with God. But the fourth part of that, new creation. So many times, Dan, in our conversation about what God's salvation is all about, we don't talk about new creation. New creation, when when the Bible says that we are, we are created as, um, that we are new creations in Christ, what does that mean? That is a powerful statement that God is changing us, conforming us into the image. Yes, we've been redeemed. We've been, we've got that, I hate to call it the ticket to heaven, but we, we've been 
Our sin account has been wiped clean. We've been justified. But the part of salvation that we must remember is that now we have the power through the Holy Spirit to be made new. It talks about this in Colossians and Ephesians, that we need to put off the old man and put on the new man. Uh, It talks about it in uh, Romans 12. I mentioned that in one of the past episodes, that we should not be conformed to this world, but we should be transformed by by the renewing of our minds. This idea of transformation is possible because of our salvation. If you don't have God, if you don't have salvation, then yeah, I get it. You're, you're, you, you feel overwhelmed by the sins and the problems of this world. You don't have the power. You don't have the worldview that says, God's going to make all things new for me. And so the number one thing, I, Dan, I think I, wanna, I want to remind people of is you've got to, you've got to ground yourself in the grand narrative of the world, if you want to have the perspective that says, any problem I face, any kind of mental health issue that I face, that I've got to look at it through this lens of of the biblical worldview. It will help give me a sense of hope and peace that whatever I'm going through is not going to define me. It's not going to determine who I am. Because one of the things that I get Again, this is one of my classes on assessment and um, uh, forget what diagnosis. Was we had to we had to do a lot of research on 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 how to diagnose someone that has a, it was called a decision tree and how to figure out what someone has. And have you ever seen the DSM five? No. The diagnose the diagnostic statistical. I forget what what the DSM actually stands for, but it's the fifth version of the. It's like the psychological Bible, mm. and every single mental health disorder or problem is in there. So one of the things that um, I found is, I mean, there are so many disorders, Dan. I mean, the book is this thick. <laughs> it's this, and I'm, I'm holding my fingers apart by about three inches. There's a lot, and I remember just reading <laughs> through that. I remember taking that class. And I told my wife one afternoon after doing so much reading, I'm saying, I think every human being is screwed up. Like, like we're all just, we're all, we all have some kind of doomed, but but, but one of the words that to me is so dangerous, disorder. Hmm. The moment someone says you have this disorder. Now I'm not saying that you can't have that disorder. I'm not saying that there are not real things about that, that you can't have. But what I fear is that you claim that, that term disorder as an identity. You take that as an identity and say, that is now who I am. This is, I've got this disorder, therefore I'm done changing. I'm done growing. This is just going to be who I am. And when you let the labels of mental health become your identity, as opposed to what the word of God wants to give you an identity it, as a new creation in Christ, man, you are, you're, you're going to always look at your problems and saying, this is just who I am. This is just, there's no hope for me. There's not going to be any, there's not going to be any kind of change. Um, and again, I, let me say this. I don't believe that every problem will be resolved quickly or easily. There are some issues that will take years years to 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 heal and to overcome from but i believe that healing is possible and that's the difference so i think that's the big picture i want to just lay down the conversation today with is saying you've got to make sure you've got the right narrative going on in your head 
you either are going to wear a label called disorder or you're going to wear a label that says new creation. And both of them will take you to a different place spiritually, emotionally, mentally when you face these mental health issues. Yeah. I I don't think we can overemphasize the importance of what you've just said. Do not be defined by your disorder. Yeah. Do not let it be your identity. I was talking to a friend of mine who's a PA and who leads a, a life group with me. And and he, he's saying one of, the, one of the sad consequences of the current mental health crisis that we're having is that people are letting the diagnosis define them. A hundred percent. And so he said, it's almost like people are saying, hi, my name is Dan Anxiety Burrell, <laughs> you know, that it becomes a part of who they, yeah. and, and it reduces, they, they hide behind it. So that that it's like I don't have to improve. I don't have to work on this. This is who I am, and and the reality is any diagnosis can be. You know, there are people who are diagnosed with cancer who prolong their lives because they deal with it and do not get defined by That's it. That's right. Or yeah. you can get a diagnosis of cancer, give up, quit, never try against it, and yeah. you'll be dead in six months yeah. or yeah. less. Yeah. So we 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 have to understand, and a disorder means a disruption of what should be orderly. Right. So instead of focus on the disorder, focus on the reorder. Yes. And yes. that's that's the wonderful thing about the gospel. Mm. The gospel takes that which is broken, deformed, yeah. defamed, yep. and reorders it. Yes. And restores it. And that comes again to a worldview. Do you believe that supernatural things are possible at the hands of a supernatural God? That's right. And if you do, then there is hope. Yeah. So let me let me play this out. I know what we just talked about is kind of like ideas, mm-hmm. theology, philosophy. Let me let me just kind of lay it out in very practical terms. Let's say you have a person who is addicted to pornography. Okay, they've got mm-hmm. a pornography addiction. Um, and they go to a mental health counselor, it, it could be a therapist, it could be a psychologist, whatever. And they say, okay, you've got you've got sexual addiction disorder. And and this is, you know, this is basically what you've done to yourself. And what what are you going to do at that moment? You you're either going to say, "Well, I, I'm just I'm a sex addict. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just who I am." Just better get a lifetime yeah. subscription. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, it's just I've got this disorder. I, I there's nothing I can do about it. Now, again, let's back up. What have we learned? We know that when when people are addicted to pornography, what you've done physiologically to your brain is create neuropathways in your brain that say, uh, "I want that dopamine hit from that image now." And so, dopa, you know, we talked about cortisol, we talked about serotonin, we, dopamine is another powerful chemical hormone in your drug or in your brain that will produce and it becomes very addictive. Um, all social media, all social media frameworks are created to encourage dopamine hits. Yep. Every single one. I don't care if it's you're an old person on Facebook yeah. or a young person on Snapchat. Yeah. They or, look like check marks, hearts. Yeah, it, it just it doesn't yeah. matter what what it is. They were all created to to get you addicted to the dopamine hit of seeing that like or seeing you know whatever whatever it is. So someone who's got who's been addicted to pornography has very well worn pathways in their brain that make it easy, very easy for them to say. I'm going to go look at pornography. Um, imagine being in the woods, all right? If you go to Jatan or you go to, um, you know, the Whitewater Center and you go to, the trails are marked out. They're pathways. Again, these are just, picture that in your brain, that there's pathways that are much easier. When you walk up and say, the narrow's playing point here, 
and you start walking on the pathway. And it's easy. Mm-hmm. You've, a thousand people have walked these trails, and so they are compact. They're, it's easy. They're wide. There's nothing in the way. And if you just say, I want you to cut across this forest to get to this place over here, how hard and how, or how easy would it be? It'd be very difficult. You'd have to say, okay, there's, I mean, there's trees falling. It's, 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 there's bramble, there's brush, there's, there's no easy pathway. I'm kind of, that's the same way in your brain when you're saying, I've got to think differently about pornography. And I don't care what disorder you put in that blank, whether it's, you know, um, any kind of chemical addiction, uh, any kind of drug addiction. Um, if there is a neuropathways in your brain that say, this is the way I want to think, this is what I want to do, you've got to retrain your brain. Again, is it possible? Yes. Is it easy? No. Depending on how much, many times your brain has walked those pathways, the harder it is to create new pathways, but it's not impossible. Nothing is impossible. And so when that example is a perfect example of saying someone saying, well, I just, it, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried and it's hard. And it, I just, it, I keep failing. I keep falling. Well, yes, it's going to probably take you years to create new neural pathways so that when you come across an image that is pornographic in nature, you're able to say, I don't want that. I've, 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 I've changed. I don't, that's not appealing to me anymore, but I think you need to remember it's possible. Mm -hmm. So the person that's saying I'm addicted, I've got this disorder that just says, I've got no hope that you're, you're thinking, you're not thinking biblically about this problem. And and that's true of mental health. It's true of our, all of our addictions. Yeah. Whether it's you know an addiction of alcohol or tobacco or mm-hmm. drugs or pornography or shopping or or and yes yeah ex- in, any great of those, example. those things yep. because it has developed a smooth pathway mm. through our minds. Yes. And those things are not you know a pathway does not go back to uh, difficulty overnight. You yeah. know a, a pathway. That once it's you know run down and and smooth and easy, takes years for it to be overgrown. Yeah, and so and but think about this: if you try to blaze a trail through that forest, first time it's going to be hard. Yep. Second time it's going to be a little less hard. Yep. Third time, I mean, but if you walk that new pathway in that woods, what eventually you'll create? You know what you'll create? A new pathway. Yeah. And a new character. And and, and that's what happens. You got to t- you got a picture in your mind when I'm trying to th- when I'm trying to work new thought patterns in my brain. Um, this is why the Bible says take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. That we have the ability to say, I'm not going to go this way in my, with my thinking. I'm going to go the other way with my thinking. Yep. And so these are all things that we can hold on to and have hope and faith in um, in our walk. Well, something I did want to touch on yeah. uh, just, just briefly is, is the reality that, you know, Scripture teaches this very clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are other religious practices yeah. of different kinds yeah. that have captured this. And, yes. and I, I think sometimes we may say, well, you, you know, because um, Buddhists talk about mindfulness yeah. or because, uh, you know, people involved in some of the Eastern mysticisms yeah. talk about channeling and, and, yeah. and focus and, and these different things, that somehow that any thought of those things is not healthy for a Christian. But we know that Satan often likes to replicate 
but change God. Mm. So in other words, the power isn't within you, the power is within God and, and, and so forth. And, and, when, and when we talk about renewing our mind, just because another faith practice or religion or, or pagan practice or whatever emulates parts of it does not eliminate the truth right. that comes with okay, when we so, have a foundation yes, built on scripture. For example, okay, I'm glad you brought mindfulness because mindfulness is all over the therapeutic world right now. Mm-hmm. Everyone's onto mindfulness and and they just love this this Buddhist idea of mindfulness. And I believe that there is a, you know, the biblical form of mindfulness is taking every thought captive and making it obedient to Christ. Right. They have a perverted form of it, but it still works, right? It, it may not be that they're making it obedient to Christ, but they're making it obedient to some new f- reframed story they're creating in their mind. But they're what they are doing is they're saying, I can change my thinking and therefore change my behavior. And, you know, if you look at cognitive behavioral therapy, there's so much within cognitive behavioral therapy that you could point to and say, these principles are in, the, in God's word. In cognitive behavioral therapy, it means I can change my thinking so I can change my behavior. That is essentially what the Bible teaches. It's always taught. It's always yeah. taught. But you go to a cognitive behavioral therapist and they will they will use principles that feel very much like you know, biblical in nature as 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 the as the philosophical undergirding that says you can change your thinking and you can change your behavior. Um so mindfulness is that same way. An example of that would be breathing exercises. What's one of the things I didn't mention earlier, but but you know one of the ways you can kind of regulate yourself when you're when you feel like you're getting out of control emotionally, when you're hitting that that, that flight fight or freeze, is take some time and br- do some breathing exercises, um, and those are really popular within Eastern um, yoga, and all yoga those, yeah. and things. But but it just you can see it in your it's just natural things. If you want to, you know, one of the practices they'll teach you is. Take breathe in for four seconds, breathe out for eight seconds. Okay. When you do that, you are telling your brain you can be okay. Your brain is is taking the, the messages from the way your lungs are working, saying, Oh, you're you're feeling pretty good right now. Yeah. But you can tell your brain those kinds of things by how you're doing. Now, just because they practice these breathing exercises within uh, Buddhism doesn't mean that, oh my gosh, if I do breathing exercises, I'm a Buddhist. Right. They, they've stumbled upon what I would call general revelation at some level. And it's not a, it's not the full picture of God's uh, goodness, but, but yeah, all of us, all of us, there's a lot of religions. I don't care what your religion is. They will somehow find a nugget of truth that that is that will correspond or correlate to a biblical truth. The thing that we know about Christianity, though, is it has the whole counsel of God's truth and the whole uh, revelation of God, not just the pieces or parts of it. So, um, yeah, we can the, the idea of meditation. What the difference between meditation and emptying your mind in Buddhism? We know we meditate by filling our mind with truth and with with who God is, and so. They have a. They always have a perverted form or or incomplete form of the good, true, and beautiful ways in which God has created us to do. And and the way you can tell when you've crossed the line is to know the truth. That's right. And that's why you stay in the Word of God. That's why you meditate in the day and night. That's why you memorize it. And then you won't be susceptible to, uh, you know, to the problems that come when you yeah. when, when you 
cross that line from truth. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Well, Ben, this has been so helpful. Thank you so much. And and again, if you uh, need follow-up information or have questions or something that perhaps you would like for us to address in the future, contact us at lifetalks at lifecharlotte.com, and we'd be happy to engage with you at whatever level we can. Before we close this episode, Ben, this is kind of a bittersweet episode. Very sad. Because from the very beginning, so right almost five years ago, yeah. almost 500 episodes, our producer, Britt Nipper, has been with us every step of the way. He has co-hosted. Mm-hmm. He has he has put up with our absolute nonsense. <laughs> he has edited it, edited things out that has saved our careers. <laughs> saved your careers. Well, true. <laughs> and, I'm just teasing. And today is Britt's last episode with us. Mm. Britt has taken a position at Mercy Hill Church up in uh, the Greensboro, North Carolina area. He is going to be such a huge blessing uh, to this exploding multi-campus church that's up there. Uh, but uh, their loss or their gain is our loss. Uh, we're all on the same team. We're all we're all headed to the same destination. But uh, I know you join me yes. in in our love for appreciation of and and uh, and gratitude toward Britt. Yeah, Britt, do you have anything you want to just say? um thank you guys very much i've loved doing this podcast um i've loved being on it with you i've loved the opportunity to do that so it's been uh it's been my pleasure so thank you guys for letting me be a part of 500 almost 500 episodes and i'll continue listening so um and and i'll just imagine what you probably did say in between (laughs) some of those edits uh myself so you know we're gonna throw you some easter eggs in here every (laughs) once in a while too you know one of the things that i i want everyone that listens to this podcast to realize brit has been as much of a part of this uh, as i mean we we are the front people that that people hear us and, and hear us uh see us but man Britt, you have you're you're the one who's really helped make this podcast a success and i want to thank you for that so yeah. and we will miss you yeah, yeah. we I'm love you, you we too. love your wife emily we love your kids uh we expect to hear great things from you we know you're gonna be a blessing to where you go we will feel your loss profoundly and we love you deeply Thank but by the way, we are still going to keep recording. We have, oh yeah, we, yeah, we, this we, is we not have, the last. No, no, no. no. I, yeah, I might have been a part of it, but yeah, you're going to continue without we, me. We have, we have a. <laughs> we don't we, love you that much. <laughs> we have a contingency plan. Obviously, we're going to have someone come in and help produce us. But um, you know, we just know this that life talks would not be where it is today without you, Britt. So we thank yeah. you for that. Thank you guys. Love you both very much. And on that, we'll say again, thank you for joining us here at Life Talks. And until next time, we'll catch you then. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well, so leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. Life Talks is a ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit lifecharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.